May God be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of his countenance, and may he come to us. In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Well, today's gospel is interesting, and it seems perhaps a bit disjointed. And so for that very reason, I will be focusing on the second half of the gospel. The second half of the gospel is with Jesus interacting with a Canaanite woman. And perhaps some of you all might have raised your eyebrows a bit because upon first hearing this story, it may not be exactly clear. Jesus is interacting with a woman. All of a sudden, a dog is brought up. I hope at least you might be curious as to why your priests would be focusing in on this passage particularly. And if you didn't wonder that, I'm about to tell you. Firstly, the section of the gospel is one that's not so cut and dry. You have to give some thought about seeing Jesus in a way that perhaps you haven't seen him before. Secondly, you might not like the Jesus you encounter. And thirdly, this passage is about a woman who is certainly a woman that is not seen often in scripture. She is an outsider. She is not favorably looked upon. She stands up to Jesus and in so changes his mind and heart. And in so doing, sets the course for an opening for all of us to be recipients of the love of God. And if that isn't enough, this scripture is the only time recorded that Jesus loses an argument. And as a fellow preacher says, he loses it to a woman who was a triple loser herself. She was a woman, she was a foreigner, and an ancient enemy of Israel. So, that's a lot. And for our disciples, it is a lot, as we can tell in the story. This woman, she's a problem. In fact... She's a problem of the most annoying kind. She's persistent. Oh, a woman who's persistent. And she's loud. She won't go away. And she's shouting for Jesus' attention. And those closest to him are really annoyed. So the disciples, they urge Jesus, Jesus, just send her away. Be done with her. Get rid of her. They want more than anything for their ears to be relieved of the squawking this woman is doing. She's making them quite uncomfortable 
and certainly is cramping their style. And this is where, in the narrative, as a mother, every mama sensibility rises up within me and identifies fiercely with this woman. I can't help but feel for her. In fact, I'm completely on her side, and for me, she's the hero of the story. Why? Well, said simply, if your child is in pain or in agony, as a parent, as a mom, as a dad, you want more than anything for their suffering to end. I know the shouts from this woman are out of desperation, desire, but most importantly, they are out of love. Not for herself, but for her daughter, who is in the clutches of something scary. And in this particular story, it's a demon. And for her, if there was anything that could make things better, she's going to try. Even if the chance was the tiniest of chances for things to possibly be better for her daughter. And this is exactly what we see today. This is where we enter into the story. We see a mother motivated by the love for her daughter venturing out to a man she knows is special. She's on a mission to find this man who she's heard about and who she feels is the only hope she has for she and her daughter. And so when she sees him, she spots him, and immediately she addresses him appropriately. She says, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, which is so interesting. She calls him the son of David. She knows exactly who he is. This foreign woman, not belonging to the house of Israel, addresses Jesus because he is from the house of Israel. And what is most ironic about that is that she hails from a country which was a sworn enemy of the house of Israel. But she crosses that boundary, she calls Jesus Lord, and she correctly called upon his ties to Israel and King David. Suffice is to say, this woman has done her homework. She knows exactly who Jesus is. She knows he's more than just a miracle worker. He is, in fact, Lord. And she believes that he is the one that can help. This is where the story gets a little wonky for me. We encounter a Jesus who we haven't encountered before. As usually, when greeted 
by someone such as this woman, someone who needs help or is desperate. Jesus in the past has shown great mercy and compassion and empathy. He takes time, slows down, and is present to them. However, this is not what Jesus does. In fact, what happens next has perplexed and puzzled regular folks and scholars for a very long time. Jesus doesn't respond in his usual manner. In fact, Jesus responds with one of the most insulting and hurtful responses recorded in scripture. He says this, lady, you're not a Jew. I can't help you. Can you believe that? Jesus says that. Lady, you're not from the house of Israel. I'm not going to help you. This is a bit startling. Since when does Jesus ever care about where someone is from? Or when do we ever see Jesus putting fierce boundaries up about who he's going to pay attention to? This has not been seen yet. Well, I know when I read it, it's like a dagger to my heart, so I can only imagine what it must have been like for this woman because it feels that way for me. But what is so telling about this woman is that even this abrupt response doesn't deter her. In fact, what does she do? She falls on her knees and she kneels. Another way of saying she begins to worship Jesus and with an open heart plainly says, Lord, help me. By kneeling, this woman, not even using words, communicates to Jesus that she knows he is someone special, a king worthy of respect, worthy of reverence. But y'all, Jesus is unmoved. He is unfazed even by her worship and adoration. How do we know this? Because what he says to her next, which is, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. In short, Jesus is calling this woman a dog. And might I take the liberty to say, at this particular point in history, most dogs were roamers and scavengers and not held in high esteem. And still, this woman is undeterred. She does not give up. She is relentless. She's unfazed by this cruel name-calling, and she responds this way, gracefully. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This response is tremendous, courageous, and brave, so full of grace. For this woman knows if she only but just had a crumb from Jesus, just a little tiny bit, things would be so different for she and her daughter. 
So she goes along with his example, and she's okay with him calling her a dog, and she doesn't fight it. In fact, she puts herself in that position. She lowers herself and says back to Jesus, call me a dog, Jesus, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the table. So what she really is saying, okay, Jesus, if a crumb is what you have to give me, I will take it, and I will be okay with that. Her statement is beyond striking. She's smart and she's wise. She places hope in what others have discarded. All she wants is a crumb because she recognizes that even a crumb is powerful enough to defeat the demon that has possessed her daughter, and she is willing to only take that. And this is where the story changes. Because something must have happened or shifted within Jesus because he's had a change of heart. And dare I say, I think she just might have changed his mind. We see this radical reversal in Jesus. He now praises her for her faith, calls her faith great. The only time in scripture where faith is called great, this is it. And guess what? Her daughter's healed. Immediately, the demon has left. The daughter is whole again because of the persistence and the dogged determination of this woman. Again, no small feat. This is the only time in Matthew's gospel where anyone's faith is labeled as being great. And what this healing does, it sets off this beautiful chain reaction. If you keep reading in the gospel of Matthew, this woman's great faith seems to be a catalyst for Jesus. As Jesus breaks out in healings, that amaze the crowds and calls forth the praises of God, all because this foreign woman who really didn't belong to the house of Israel believed differently. She believed she was worthy of Jesus, even if just a tiny, tiny little bit of him. And because of her faith, Many others were healed and set free. And because of her, largely in part, we are here today. She changed the mind of Jesus. And we see how God in the un is in the unsettling business of meeting outsiders. He is constantly granting 
not just a crumb, but a place at the table. And if for whatever reason you think that you're not worthy to be at the table, you are. You have been given a place at the table. All are welcome. And if you feel as though, once again, you don't belong, you're an outsider, you've done things which are unforgivable, guess what? You are in good company. And as your priest this day, I have to remind you, there is a place reserved for you and me. Whether we're served a banquet of delicious food or crumbs, it is all from God. And no matter how much, it is all good. Amen.